Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. So I wanted to follow up on a topic that I kind of brushed past in a video last week talking about the release of the 2019 world silver survey and the the sheer amount of silver that is being bought uh, and or consumed by india individually as a country now i actually slightly overstated the amount of investment demand that they had in there because uh the the way that they had uh, bunched some numbers together i didn't realize they had bunched the coins and bars together um i thought they were just talking about bar demand but regardless uh to, to put in perspective of just how much silver india mopped up in 2018 off the total market a reminder that the total Silver supply coming onto the market between mining and scrap, which is the primary sources of of supply, is a little bit north of 1,000 million ounces or billion, a billion ounces. But I'm going to use a a thousand because we can keep it a million ounces because India as a whole between coin and bar demand, jewelry, silverware, and industrial demand accounted for 220.7 million ounces of that, over 20% of the world supply of silver goes to India. That's pretty significant. Now, that's especially surprising when you look at India as as a country. Now, yes, India does have a very large population, second only to China, north of a billion people. It's a massive country. I mean, you think the United States or the EU are are large entities, but but, uh, India in terms of population dwarfs them. However, their economy is not nearly as developed as China's in terms of of GDP per capita, not nearly as developed as, again, the EU or the United States. Um, Yes, they have a a fairly large economy, but but a lot of it because of the size of their population and maybe some recent growth in the last couple of decades. But the whole scheme of things, they haven't industrialized, they haven't uh, increased uh, in terms of of production, in terms of GDP, etc., as China. So that is really surprising. We're, we're talking about a population, worldwide population, you know, between seven and eight billion, and uh, India, you know, accounting for maybe you know ten to fifteen percent of that total population. Just you know, rounding numbers here, accounting for over twenty percent of total silver demand. That is that is huge. Now, why is that the case? I think there, there's two major reasons for that. Um, first is is just kind of the the industrial side of things or even the fabrication of of things like um, jewelry or silverware uh, mostly jewelry that they might be exporting they actually export a very small amount of the silverware according to the world silver silver survey that they actually created so the industrial products you know electronics vehicles uh, and of course infrastructure side of things that they might not be uh, exporting right houses buildings all the other you know consumer goods that that requires silver you know we use uh, almost everything we use each and every day requires some level of silver for it to function properly, including the device that you're listening to this on. Okay, so that was one part of it. But there's also the cultural side of, of India and their affinity for precious metals. 
Now, they do have a love for gold as well. In fact, I think a lot of wealthier families, that, that is their first choice. It's gold. Gold jewelry, um, especially for, for things like weddings, for gifts. Uh, now, I'll, I'll be the first person to admit I'm not an expert on Indian culture. What is their, their real reason that they buy so much gold and buy so much silver? Is it because solely the wealth preservation properties of silver and gold? Probably not, right? There's obviously the aesthetics. It, it looks good. Um, and, and you don't want to be the, the wealthy family that has uh, fake gold jewelry or fake silver jewelry. And so you want the real thing. Um, but I would argue that that, is, that does come into consideration for, for the rich families or the you know, poorer, or less well-off families that may have to buy silver, the, the more affordable um, um, cousin, I guess, of gold. That it is a way to preserve wealth, that it preserves value over a long period of time. And it would be, be interesting. I mean, I, I've kind of pondered this subject in the past. You know, how much of the U.S. population stacks silver and gold? And I'm not talking about, you know, they, they own a gold wedding band or, 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 or silver necklace or something. That's pretty negligible in the whole scheme of things. I'm talking about bullion. I'm talking about coins and bars, stackers like you and I. You know, how many people and how much does our total hoard amount to, right? If we could quantify that somehow. But imagine a country like India. Now, I, again, I, I talked about 220.7 million ounces overall. 70.2 million ounces of that alone was coin and bar demand. More than double the year prior. That is a huge jump in coin and bar demand. That's not jewelry. That's not silverware. That is coins and bars, which were likely bought with Almost the sole purpose of wealth preservation or, or some other, you know, similar idea, right? A hedge or something like that, which, you know, in a country like India is not surprising. But again, I, I, I diverge. I'll get to that in here in a second. Imagine the amount of silver and amount of gold, physical silver and gold. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply that are held by Indian citizens, investors. In fact, you know, even, I've even read in the past that you know, the Indian government, um, of course, uh, I think it was 2017 maybe, 16, where, where uh, they, they had embarked on a, a new round of demonetization of their, of their notes, of their you know, dollar bills, of course not dollars, you know, rupees, um, uh, trying to digitalize the system. I've read in the past that the Indian government is not a fan of just how much their population is in love with things like precious metals. I mean, the, the three primary tools that Indians use to store wealth, you know, besides, yes, yeah, some of the financial side of things like we have here in the West. But other than that, it's real estate, it's gold, and it's silver, right? And, and of course, the Indian government... Indian Central Bank, they'd love to have that money in the system, whether it's in, in their version of, of something like a 401k or a pension or something like that, right, in the system. And yet, it's very common for them not to. But again, going back to the coin and bar demand, 70.2 million ounces in terms of coins and bars, more than double the year prior. This is, you know, again, um, a country that I think 
not only has that affinity for silver and gold for religious or ceremonial or, or as a, a, a form of status, representing status, um, but also, you know, if you look at the history of their currency, the history of the Indian rupee, uh, can you blame them for trying to diversify out of the currency? I mean, you think inflation on an ongoing basis here in the United States is is ridiculous at times, right? Two, three percent. I mean, I, I had somebody comment the other day. You know, what people don't realize when they put their money in the bank account, there, you know, the the value of it is declining on a daily basis. India, in the past, including in two thousand eighteen, has experienced much higher amounts of inflation, of devaluation versus other currencies like the dollar or other major currencies. And so it makes sense for them to go into coins and bars. I mean, this is, you know, at what point does does devaluation of a currency, does inflation become a part of their, you know, cultural identity? And so, of course, it makes sense for coin and bar demand to be very high during a year in which the Indian rupee suffered quite a bit. Now, that's the interesting thing, talking about the price of silver in rupee terms. Just like in dollar terms, it was a pretty lousy year in 2018. But, you know, in the whole scheme of things, I, I would argue that it maybe wasn't as extreme of a drop in the second half of 2018. Now, I'll remind you, here in the United States, from basically July onward, we had a, a pretty deep discount on both silver and gold. Indians did not benefit quite as much from that because they were one of many countries, one of many currencies that were undergoing a emerging market currency crisis, right? And maybe you guys remember this from my channel or, or just in general from back then. You had the Turkish lira, the Brazilian real, um, the Indian rupee that suffered somewhat. In fact, uh, from um, the beginning of the year, uh, January of, of 2018, the Indian rupee had an exchange rate of around 64, 63 to $1. Um, at its peak, it was closer to like 74 rupees per dollar. Right? So that's a pretty significant devaluation. Not as bad as other countries, but you know, there's a lot of people arguing, well, it was on sale in India, and so Indians like to buy when it's cheap. And, and I think that's partly true, yes, because we saw that back in 2015. I think it was that Indian demand was, was pretty high as well. However, <clears throat> you have to understand how much of that was because they wanted to get out of the currency. Because it was not as deep of a discount as it was in maybe other countries, including in U.S. dollar terms, because of the devaluation of their currency that occurred. Now, it has recovered somewhat. The, the rupee is still fairly high. It's still uh, just shy of 7 to 1 um, rupee per dollar, uh, which is quite a bit higher than it was at the beginning of 2018. And so it'll be interesting to see, you know, going forward, what will India mean in terms of the global silver market? Will this pace uh, continue, even 80% of this pace continue into 2019? Or, you know, if we see silver rise considerably or the rupee strengthen somewhat, will it come down to maybe like 70%, right? Um, but but I, don't, I don't know. It's hard to say 2019, you know, unless we see some serious dollar strength, um, some serious rupee weakness, uh, let's see, what are uh, maybe some lower silver prices or a big move up potentially. Although I don't think Indians get quite as excited about big move up in silver as, as maybe Western investors do. Um, we, you know, we could see it top it in 2018. I wouldn't be surprised if we're closer, maybe like 90% of demand 
of 2019 uh, in 2019 compared to 2018. We'll see. But still, I, I wanted to put these in numbers. It's just how large this demand was. Again, over 20% by a country like India, which, again, is um, not nearly as large of an economy as uh, the United States or, or China. In fact, if we put this in perspective, world's largest economies, I can Google this for you guys right now, um, I guarantee you it's going to be the United States, China, Japan, Germany, the UK, and then India, right? Um, so quite a ways down the list, and yet a huge source of silver demand. And again, I, I don't know exactly how much of that silverware they exported, or sorry, jewelry. The silverware, very little. Coin and bar demand, I think a lot of that was domestic as well. Obviously, a lot of the industrial may be exported in various products. But again, very interesting and something to keep an eye on in the future. If you are interested in these numbers, following them on a monthly basis, I would highly recommend you check out the YouTube channel, Smile Gold. Lewis over there does a great uh, job of, of uh, uh, keeping um, up to date, keeping his viewers up to date on, uh, as well as readers. He has a website on uh, demand from places like India or maybe gold demand from places like Russia, China, um, some other countries and central banks that are stacking gold, uh, silver eagle demand, etc. So check out his channel. He he does a much better job of following this month by month than I do, but also pay attention to India in the future because they could potentially be a big player. They already have been a big player in the silver market going forward. So as always, I'd like to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video listen to this podcast, and God bless.